Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Jonathan James Ramchurin, reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 20th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome to Jonathan Ramchurin, the podcast. It's a wet one. Yeah, it's a little bit rainy here in downtown Toronto. Been a bit of a piss stain. Weather beaten down, raining, last couple days here. But uh, hey, it's a holiday weekend, hallelujah. Gentle Jesus, risen Lord, we come to your table. With our hearts so full of joy, we come to your table. We come, we come, we come, we come on your table. Gentle Jesus, risen Lord, Jesus rises. This time of year, I believe. Easter. Actually, I'm not quite sure 100% what the deal is there. Well, no, because it's all in the same time frame. Like, Jesus gets murdered <laughs> by an onlooking uh, crowd of um, infidels. Then uh, he gets tacked up on a cross. Then he gets buried. Buried. He gets buried. And then after three days, he rises. That's the whole story of Easter, isn't it? It's the most important station, story, segment of the Jesus Christ scenario. Yet, for some reason, the emphasis is placed on Christmas. Why? Because it's about you. Isn't that what Christmas is about? It's about you and your stupid fucking wants and dreams and your little presents. That's why Christmas is so important. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It has all to do about you. What we all are. Egomaniacs. Happy birthday, Jesus. I mean, um, <clears throat> get up off your fucking lazy ass, you dead, uh, you dead savior. <laughs> Stop sleeping in your fucking shallow grave, you fucking dead, uh, martyr. Get up. Rise. Rise, you fucking lazy Jew. Anyway, if you're new to the podcast, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. Diploma in theater arts. I'm hatching a scheme right now to work on some schemes and uh, little uh, projects of my own. Yes, I am. Hatching a plot, you know? Uh, doing it for myself. Taking the range into my own hands there, Johnny! <laughs> you know, it's a tough world. You're living in kid ups and downs, smiles and frowns. You gotta do it for yourself. You gotta be big. You gotta be busy, ambitious, greedy, gluttonous. Get to get your hands wherever you can, and that's when the money comes rolling in, Johnny. What? Yeah, so, like, that's the plan, to, like, do my own thing and, uh, you know, have a little fun at it. Couple chuckles, you know, couple guffaws here and there. Um, Been acting for, like, 18 years now. Actually, probably 19 years, because I always do the math wrong on that. Uh... I'm four, I, I started when I was 14. I'm 32 years old now. So, yeah, that would be. Uh, what's 18 plus 14? Okay, 8 plus 4 is 12. Carry the 1, 32. Yeah, 18 years. So, um, yeah, the experience is there, the love, the interest. But, like, some days it's just like, <laughs> burn it. Toss it, annihilate it, garbage compactor. <laughs> Blend it up and piss it down a hole. I don't give a blood clot, boom, clot, fuck. Fuck my career, fuck it all, fuck everybody, fuck it. 
You know, some days I get like that. You know, you, you know, a lot of pain, turmoil, lo- lonely, lousy, rotten nights, laying up in bed by yourself alone, thinking about your career. Why am I doing this? Does anybody give a fuck? All my colleagues are just useless fucks. They're all lecherous. They're all fucking leeches. They're all in their own fucking petty little fucking egomaniacal fucking minds of their own. They don't give a fuck about working together. They're all just a bunch of narcissistic assholes. The fake facade of celebrity. The illusion of money and fame and richness. Isn't that all we want is love? I heard Tony Robbins said that. You know Tony Robbins, the the uh, motivational speaker? Okay, uh, guys, uh, you know, it's all about intention and, you know, positivity. Training your neurobiological clock to, you know, really work for yourself. You know, I've worked with a lot of famous people, and they all have one thing in common. They're looking for love. And love doesn't necessarily come from money or success. Look at me, for example. I run 32 companies. I'm a multimillionaire since the age of 30. And, you know, all I really wanted in this lifetime was to be of service, positivity, neuroscience. Is that funny? I don't know. But Tony Robbins, like, you know, he he talked about that in this little video I watched recently of him. Real interesting character. This uh, Tony Robbins, motivational speaker, 40-plus years of... Uh, you know, speaking from the heart, motivating fat house wives to get off their ass and quit fucking um, some dead, deadbeat husband and get out there and get some real cock, you know? Motivating people to get up and be the best versions of themselves, this Tony Robbins character. And um, he, had, he had talked about how um, in his philanthropy, in his um, motivational speaking, in his uh, experience, a lot of performers... They're very ambitious, they're very goal-orientated, but what they really want at the end of the day is love, right? And sometimes I think about that because it's like, hmm, I shouldn't be embarrassed. I mean, who doesn't want love? Would the, would the Beatles say? Um, the Beatles said something like that, right? Like, I am the walrus, and uh, cuckoo-cachoo. When you love walruses, and then you're cuckoo-cachoo, and... You know, it's a good feeling to love a walrus. The Beatles said it, right? Or something like that. Something about if you love a walrus, then that's all you need. So, you know, I, you know, I love walruses, and that's really all I'm looking for in life is just a little bit of love, you know? And, <clears throat> you know, whether it be through, like, you know, a relationship, friends, the, uh, the love of my, my, uh, my performing, whatever the fuck, right? And you see how fleeting it really is, is what I'm saying sometimes. You're laying there in bed at night, staring up at the ceiling. The fucking stars are bouncing around outside. A distant car horn honks. I don't know, it's like a 1920s T, uh, Model T or something. But, you know, a distant car horn honks. Uh, you know, a hooker screams in the night. You know, the pitter-patter of rain on the windowsill. laying there in your bed, you know, you're thinking, what the fuck, man? I've been dreaming of this moment since I was a little boy. Just want to be a fucking performer. Get out there and do a little tap dance, shook and jive, make a couple bucks. But you know, like, what the fuck's the point of it? You're alone. Your friends are all fucking useless. You know? All your colleagues are 
egomaniacal, narcissistic parasites. General public doesn't know you. Got a couple bucks in the bank. What the fuck's that worth if you drop dead the next day? Like, what? Why do I do this? But hey, it's the pursuit of love, the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of art. To, um, to quote an old uh, thespian, an old uh, weathered thespian, a teacher of mine, uh, an acting teacher of mine from back in the day when I was in theater school circa 2004 to 2006, um, my acting coach, Ken Brown, once said, you know, you, you got to find out for yourself if you like, if you love yourself in the art or do you love the art in you? That's the question. Do you love yourself in the art? Or do you love the art in you? If you love yourself in the art, then you're, a, generally speaking, a narcissistic person worried about your appearance, your ego, the self-serving, grandiose uh, pleasures and acquisitions of a performing life. You know, you want to go out there and, you know, make money, be famous, get pussy, get cock. Get a, you know, get a guy with a dick, whatever, a chick with a dick, whatever, you know, it's like you're really not in it for the right reasons. You're not really enjoying the art in you. If you're in it for the art in you, that means you really are chasing the dragon, chasing that artistic dragon, you know, chasing what it is to be an artist, really creating from the heart, the gut, the mind, the soul, not just from a fucking wallet, you know? Or the image of a Facebook profile. Or what your fucking neighbors think. Or, you know, what that stupid bitch at Shoppers Drug Mart thinks. If she knew I was an actor, maybe she'll fuck me. Like, who cares, right? You're doing it for the love of the art in you. Versus yourself in the art. Basically, what I'm saying is, um, I need a job. Somebody hire me. <clears throat> and um, also a uh, janitor. If you're new to the program, I am a janitor. Um, whatever. I don't even really uh, care about that title. You know, I chuckle about it. I joke about it. But the problem with that is, when you let people into a secret, they tend to use it against you. Taking kindness for weakness. So sometimes I joke about it on stage, you know. Yeah, I'm a janitor, so what? I mop floors, you know, change, scrub toilets, take out garbage. What, you want to fuck a janitor, huh? Too grimy for you, huh? Not good enough for you, huh? Yeah, you want a real man in your life, don't you? The, you want the fucking American dream, huh? White picket fence. PlayStation in every room. Four-car garage, huh? That's what you want in your life, huh? Too grimy for you, huh? Huh? No, Jonathan, no, I love you. You know, you're just mental. You're, um, you got a chip on your shoulder. You're delusional. Uh, I never said any of these things. You're just making it up. It's all in your head. You lying, bitch. You know, sometimes I chuckle about that. I don't know how funny that is. And I say things like, you know, God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. I'm a fucking janitor, baby. You know? God made dirt and dirt bust your ass, man. So What? And, you know, there's little stories in there, janitorial things. I get into the story of, you know, uh, one day I was mopping this uh, floor up, right? So I'm pushing my mop bucket around. 
and I take the mop, the mop in the floor, right? And this fucking bitch comes walking through, right? Click, 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 click with her fucking heel. You know, janitor stuff, janitor jokes as janitors do. So the risk being that speaking about that as a stand-up comedian, which I'll get to, when you talk about things that are of personal nature, they could be used against you. So I'm, I'm starting to get the feeling that when I joke about that, it's used more against me. Like, oh, well, if he was um, any good as a comic, he wouldn't be a fucking janitor. It's like, yo, dog, the fucking game is a fucking minefield. No one's helping me, man. I feel like fucking Kendrick Lamar. Ain't nobody praying for me. You know, like, what the fuck? Actually, I don't feel anything like Kendrick Lamar. I'm not even anywhere fucking near feeling like Kendrick Lamar. I feel like fucking... I don't fucking know. DMX. <laughs> That's another thing. Um, I'm also an alcoholic. <clears throat> uh, yes. Uh, two years, five months of sobriety. If you need it, go out there and get it. I'm going to keep it short. Um, some people say that they're grateful for their alcoholism, their addiction, because it taught them how to be themselves where nothing else could have. Right? My alcoholism taught me like nothing else could have because no role models. Um, unfortunately, that's just my story. Nobody really made a difference in my life, stood out as any kind of guiding light. Absent father, mother with a... Mother with an emotional depression issue did the best she could. She wasn't exactly any sort of guiding light in my life. And um, I just looked up to my heroes, you know. All my heroes did drugs. All my heroes drank. And I just wanted to be like that. Gone into the whole acting, uh, artist community type deal. And... Um, Hey, but you know what? That's not an excuse. There's that in every fucking career field, man. You know, the construction trade, the business trade, high finance, people drinking, doing cosmetic drugs, you know, ecstasy, cocaine. Um, so, you know, you can find that garbage in any fucking place, right? So I'm not going to pin it on being an artist or whatever, the artistic temperament. That's just the illusion that we tell ourselves. I drink hard because I'm an artist. I drink hard because I'm a construction worker. Closing the deal, final term, final quarter. I'm a businessman and I'm going to drink a nice scotch and smoke a cigar. Maybe ten scotches. Why? Because I'm a businessman. Just like on Mad Men. Or were they ad men? Who knows? They were wearing shirts and ties and they were a bunch of assholes. And that's what I want to be. I'm a business penis. <laughs> drink out of the fucking little goblet, you know, stupid little snifters swirling around the little drink and a snifter if that, as if that doesn't make you a fucking lush you fucking washed up lush anyway um so it doesn't really matter what walk of life you come from you can be a fucking alcoholic an addict and what i'm saying the blessing is for me is it taught me like no other teacher could nobody meant anything in my life in terms of a role model it's unfortunate and don't take that as cold. There's been tons of people that have been cool, kind, collected, calm, beautiful people to me. But no fucking role models. No mentor. No nothing. I wanted to be like Jimi Hendrix. You know, I want to be like Al Pacino. What did they do? Drugs. Alcohol. Magic. So that's what I did. And, uh, you know, 
By the grace of God, two years, five months sober, a lot of work I've done on myself. If you need help, go out and get it. Like me, at the end of my rope, when I was at the end of my rope, at my end of my drinking days, pathetic, loser, washed up, bum, nothing was going on in my life, no girlfriend, no real job, no fucking comedy, no acting, no nothing. Just a lousy, rotten, shiftless, good for nothing. Lie about, lays about, lay there in a drunken stupor, drinking in bed, drinking on the toilet, drinking in the shower, wandering through the streets drunk, you know? Not one single piece of pussy would look my way. Nothing was going my way. Then I said, yo, what's the most exciting thing I can do? Because my life is shitsville, toilet, flush. What can I do? What's the most exciting thing I can do? <laughs> Sobriety. I got into a program. I took it one day at a time. I um, looked for gratitude in my life where I could. And I just kept on plugging away. Baby steps, bit by bit. Today, here I am. Two years, five months sober. Hallelujah. And that's what I have to say about that. And finally, finally, this is a long-ass introduction. Now you guys really get to know me. Get to love me. Get to hate me. Get to judge me. You fucking washed-up, drunk janitor, hack, comic actor. Fucking... No good, Nick. <laughs> That's actually something I'm going to talk about here because I'm actually a comic. 11 years of sobriety. <clears throat> I mean, uh, you should actually have that as a fucking resume on your, act- on your comedy resume. It's like, I'm actually sober. I'm not some fucking weirdo that you, can, uh, you should be afraid of. No, like, I'm a stand-up comedian as well. Stand-up comic extraordinaire. 11 years of service. Much experience. Much to learn. Intermediate phase, working on a new hour, putting projects together. Hallelujah. I don't live in no ivory tower. I'm down here amongst the people, duking it out, fighting it out, slugging it out. Trying to meet an audience. Trying to sling my comedy where I can sling it. You know? Shooting from the hip. I ain't no punk-ass bitch. Some people talk shit all day long. I'm comedy. I'm comedy. I'm comedy. You see them live, they're garbage. Me, when I'm up there, man, I shoot from the hip. Don't take no shit. And, uh, you know... I'm a pretty okay comic, you know, like I said, 11 years of experience, got a lot to learn, a lot to grow, but generally speaking, man, you know, you know I can ball. When you see me up there, it's like, oh, he got game. Just got to find out, he's got to just kind of finesse it a little more, work it a little more, and all will be revealed in time. And as I mentioned there about, um, uh, you know, I said something about uh, combat, combat of... Uh, Personality. I said something like that in the middle of the introduction of mentioning I was a comic. I said something like that about combative feelings and shit. And basically what I'm starting to learn now is, oh yeah, I said, you know, getting out there amongst the audience and stuff and amongst the people. Like, don't live in, I ain't living in no ivory tower. Like, it's, you know, sometimes you really, when you're, actually really when you're just new. You know, when you've, been, when you've been doing comedy for a short period of time, that could be a long range, depending on your, depending on your progress, right? Like, I'm kind of a late bloomer, you know? I started early, and, I'm bla- and I'm, I started very early, like as a performer at the age of 14, and I'm blooming pretty late in the game, I would say. I'm 32 years old, and, uh, but hey, whatever. At least I'm blooming. She's the one you got on my baby Whatever, and... Uh, but basically what I'm saying is like, 
Sometimes you can fight the audience when you're a new comic or an actor because you're basically afraid. So you got your guard up. You're afraid they're not going to like you. You're afraid they're going to they're gonna heckle you. And you got your guard up. You got your guard up. Oh, no, all the things that can go wrong. And sometimes you just got to let it in, right? Have the confidence of you and let it in. It's a little bit more than that. It's kind of trade talk here. I mean, you may not understand unless you do comedy, but you got to let the crowd give you a chance to like you. And uh, that's kind of what I've been doing lately, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good reflection on this podcast, but um, I hope you guys like me. Why else would you be listening? So those are the four things <laughs> that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramtran. Actor, janitor, alcoholic, stand-up comedian. Welcome to the show. Fuck, I babbled on on that one, right? Holy shit. But it's cool. You know, those little nuggets of information in there, things to learn, things to write home to mother about. Oh my God, I heard this amazing podcast about this rambling comic who was a alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comic. Oh my God. Okay, um, what do I want to talk about on this episode? Oh, yes. Our Righteous Mike. That's a stand-up comedy show I produce here in Toronto, Canada. Live comedy. And we did our uh, second show this past Thursday at the venue Cranberries. Cranberries Restaurant. 601 Parliament Street, Toronto, Canada. In the heart of Cabbage Town. Very near to... um, Regent Park, that's the neighborhood area I rail and rant and uh, reside in, Regent Park, and uh, we did the show, and it was ballin', and uh, thank you to all that came out, (laughs) there was no audience actually, it was a bunch of comics, but hey, you know, it was a hard sell, it was was, uh, this Easter weekend, the beginning of the Easter long weekend, um... What else was going on? Uh, It was raining. It's a new show. And I was just happy to get up there and do it. And uh, so that's what kind of happened with this show, Our Righteous Mike, this past Thursday. It was a long Easter weekend. It was raining. And it's a new show. I'm trying to get the word out there that we're doing live stand-up comedy at this venue. And uh, it was a tough sell, you know? Like Exhibit says, no hoes, no clothes, no one showing up for my shows. You know how it goes. I might as well kick it at home. But that's not really how I feel. It's like, um, you know, it just motivated me to just, hey, man. And actually, the truth of it, there was actually two audience members. Um, This guy was like a comedy fan. I forgot about it. His name was Bill. He was Oh, fuck, Bill was lit. He was having a couple drinks, but he was a fun audience member. And, you know, he fucking held me up, man. And this 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 guy named Bill, he was just, I don't know, he was neighing like a horse at one point. He went, I'm like, what the fuck? Was Bill, just, did you just bleat? Is that a fucking sheep in the background there? He was acting like a fucking, this guy's talking like a barn animal. He was out of his, he was off his tits. But, like, anyway, like, we did have one semi-audience member, I guess. But uh, anyways, it just motivated me to, like, get your fucking ass up and hurrah 
I had a t-shirt on, right? I had this green t-shirt on and it said, never forget the picture of a little baby elephant on it, right? Elephants never forget. And uh, I can't forget. Can't forget that at one point I was just a fucking daily drinker, drunk every day for five years. Um, I can't forget that there was times in my career that I was doing dick all, wishing I was doing something. And now here I am on a show that I produce myself in front of one happy audience member. Fucking let's kill it. And uh, I don't want to expound and um, explain too much about what happened on that show. Generally speaking, it was a very warm show. The comics came on. We treated it like a workshop. We just kind of went up, did our thing, had a little fun, goofed around, enjoyed our time. And it did feel good. It felt really good. And the hope is that the show will continue to grow because I could do this every fucking week. That's the power of comedy. Every week. Every week, a new, interesting, fun, dynamic show. Chuckles, goofball, fucking antics. Things to laugh and make you feel good, you know? Things that make you go, hmm, hmm, hmm. So that could be done. And that's what's uh, the plan. So I don't want to explain too much about some of the negativity because there was some negativity from the comics, a couple of them, right? These are people that I don't necessarily know. I reached out to on social media. Hey, would you like to do my show? Sure. They come down to do the show. And uh, some negative things. Some things that I don't even know if I'm right in feeling, you know? I mean, you always have the right to feel how you feel. But I mean, sometimes I try to look at it from an objective standpoint. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Am I being a little too personal here? Am I getting offended? Am I, like, am I being a little, like, am I the one misreading the situation? So I'm not even sure if I'm entirely right in this scenario. All I know is that there were some things that felt kind of negative. And um, wax on, wax off. I just brushed that shit away. And it made me realize um, a few things. Um, to hearken back to the previous episode, the pain of humility. There's this old uh, rummy, this old uh, retired drunk in my program, right? And he's got 32 years of sobriety, right? And he's always talking to me. How's it going, son? You're doing really good, son. You're doing really good. You know, when I came into these rooms... 32 years ago, I got down on my knees and I prayed every day. You know, God gave me my life back. That's no joke, son. You know, you get on your knees and you pray. And you have humility. There's pain in humility, boy. The pain of humility, son. When I came into these rooms, I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I was scared. I was drunk. I was wet. And there I am, 32 years sober, and I pray. And there's pain in humility, son. The pain of humility. He's always talking about, like, pain, pain of humility and shit. I'm like, what's this old bastard babbling on about, right? But there's truth in that. The pain of humility. Because between some of these negative comments the comics were making, a couple of them, between um, just the fucking, you know, the, the, the venue, the venue uh, staff, they're asking me questions I already answered to them. I said, when I, when, I, when I started the show, I said, look, I know that I can deliver a good show weekly. 
I know that I can cultivate um, good talent on the show, and I know that I can eventually grow an audience because because um, the heart and the show is there. Basically, what I need to do is just get an audience. I mean, I don't. Dog, I'm not like that. I can't just snap my fingers and poof, a fucking audience. You know, people have to, you got to give people time to get to know that there's a show going on here, right? Give it time. Because it ain't going nowhere, you know? It ain't going nowhere. This will, this can, this is something I do and live every day. It's not like, oh, I'm going to forget how to be funny tomorrow. I can do this all the time. And the more I do it and the more I fucking do it, then boom audience but like i can't just oh what do you know they give a fuck what i'm doing it takes time they're asking me these stupid child questions that i already answered to them like oh no how come the it's like what do you even care i'm paying for the space it's not like and this is what i'm saying i don't want to go too far down the negative track right because it's easy to get negative i mean what it made me learn was the pain of humility okay they're pointing out some very good points it's like there's not very much audience. I'm like, you're right, there isn't. There isn't. Maybe I should uh, find out more ways on how to cultivate the audience or try harder or something. They're right. I just got to suck this up to humility. I mean, it's not like they're wrong. They're right. I don't know why they feel the need to tell me this. Point it out to me. It's like kicking a fucking person when they're down. But um, okay, sure, voice these complaints to me as if I didn't notice them, <laughs> as if I didn't want it to happen that way. But um. As if I wanted it to happen that way, but okay, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. And then also, um, so the pain of humility in that was just to suck it up and be like, hey, you know what? They got to talk the way they talk. And if they want to let me know this, then I just got to shut up and listen. Maybe who knows? I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Argue with them? No, that's exactly how I planned it. They have no audience. And uh, secondly, I realized sometimes you, get stress, sometimes you get stressed out in situations, right? And you want to know where you fit in and how you grow from it, right? And what's going on with it, really? And one thing I realized is like, oh, shit, like, I'm being called towards a leadership position, like a patriarch or a matriarch or the leader, I'm being called towards a leadership position because I'm like fucking Neo, baby. I'm like Neo in the Matrix, man. I see all these little fucking glitches and fucking data and, um, you know, what do they call that shit? You know, code, just like all this code just like flying around in front of me. Actually, I don't see anything, but like it's kind of like that. Like people get babbling at me. How come this? How come that? How come this? How come that? It's like, yo, dog, shut up. There is no spoon. What the fuck are you babbling about? <laughs> it's like I'm like a lot of times I gotta have the humility to curb my intellect, my honesty, and my insight. I gotta curb that. A lot of times when I deal with people, put that in the back burner in order not to make them look like a fucking child. A lot of times I just gotta hush. Sometimes people get talking at me, and it's like, look, I could annihilate you, make you look like a fucking child with my fucking intellect, my insight, my honesty. I see the situation, I have the answer. But I got a tap dance around it, or else you look like a fucking idiot. Because I don't know how else to explain myself sometimes. Because sometimes it's just that blunt. 
You asked me a question. It was a stupid question. Here's the answer. Oh, I'm offended. Jonathan's an asshole. Now I'm engaged in this fucking argument, which I'm not trying to have. Hey, you, get off my cloud. You don't know me and you don't know my style. Back up. Pipe down. Shut up. Fuck off. Take a long watch off a short bridge. <clears throat> Take a long watch off a short bridge. Yeah, go watch a bridge for a fucking few hours, then jump off of it, you fucking idiot. And it's like, that's what I'm dealing with. And I'm realizing, oh, like, I got to have the humility to just calm down, not say anything. And people are looking to me to lead. Not in any fucking um, martyrdom situation, you know. I'm not the second coming of Christ, you know. <laughs> but, like, I mean, just the leadership in what I do. Because, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to elevate myself and elevate others, you know. The whole reason why Our Righteous Mike was thought of to begin with, it's like, yo, I've been doing a lot of shows in this town, Toronto, I've been trying to get my hustle on in the city, Toronto. And guess what? Tale as old as time, like that fucking teapot saying. Tale as old as time. True to be the least, both a little scared, neither one prepared. No one gives a fuck. Tales of as old as time. Nobody cares. It's a cynical world we live in. And generally speaking, you got to do it for yourself or have it handed to you. I don't know any other way. Like, how, how else do people get ahead in life? It's either handed to them or they have to do it for themselves. You know, it's kind of funny. You see these people sitting on their little parade floats as if they did something. And it's like, yo, you know what the fuck time it is. Mommy and daddy had bankroll and they paid your way. So don't get cute. Yo, because that's how you got there, fuckface. You didn't get there by yourself and you know it. Not to be bitter, not to be grudge, but that's the truth. And you fucking know it and I know it. But, you know, a lot of people like to play the little games. No, actually, I had to work very hard to get to where I was. There was a lot of pain. to Look, when you got money, that's a major leg up in life. If you don't have to worry about money, that means all you got to worry about is yourself. Your own mental psyche. When you got to worry about money, that means you got to worry about your time, your body, all the fucking taxing bullshit that comes with earning a fucking paycheck. It ain't cute. You know, do you think a squirrel would get up and run around at fucking two o'clock in the morning <coughs> looking for fucking peanuts if um, every day somebody just came and dumped a fucking bag full of peanuts in front of their fucking little nest? No, nobody works unless they have to. So the fact that you never have to work because mommy and daddy paid your fucking way, that means there's a major amount of stress alleviated from your fucking pathetic life. So don't get cute as if you fucking got into your little parade float by your own doing. You're a fucking one percenter. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. I don't know anything about that. But what I'm trying to say is like, that's how it is, man. Generally speaking. You either got to have it handed to you or you got to do it for yourself. And there ain't nothing wrong with getting it handed to you. Actually, as a matter of fact, I prefer it if somebody did. Somebody give me an opportunity. Just hand me something, please, for God's sakes. That way I could just get on, you know? <laughs> but, hey, if I'm called upon to do it for myself, then that, that's not a problem either. And that's what I'm trying to fucking do. And that's what I'm trying to explain to these retards when they get all fucking uppity with me. and Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Jonathan this, Jonathan that. Shut up. <laughs> so, um, the show went well. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, just grinded on it like I'm supposed to. And, um, 
I don't know. This has um, been like the third in a series of kind of um, free-flowing stream of consciousness, consciousness podcast that I've been doing since um, putting these shows back on, right? Because it's been an up-and-down battle. I've been trying to get this show produced since um, the beginning of this year, this uh, Our Righteous Mike, this live stand-up comedy show. And now we're getting into a rhythm and we're getting close and... Um, I feel as if then I can, um, I think it's been calling a lot of my attention as well. So now that it's kind of in a groove and it's growing and I have a little bit of um, idea of what I'm trying to do with it, I could step back and reset and put more focus on things in, in my, uh, like for example, generally speaking with the podcast, I like to have a a lot of different topics, a lot of different formats, but I've just been going off the cuff because I've just been so busy, pulled in different directions and stuff like that, which is good, you know, hallelujah, but um, it's always nice too to be able to um, have a bit more structure, you know, more thought out, because you know, podcasts are, fuck, I'm glad I found podcasts, man, because they're a very interesting platform, and there's a lot of great ones out there, and um, I definitely definitely appreciate any listener base I have, so I'm trying to try to walk that tightrope all the time, you know, and, um, you know, that's what I mean, the pain of humility, the pain of humility, son, and being called upon to be in a leader position, because sometimes in life, people look to you for answers, and what does that mean, generally, well, they're sheep, so you got to be a leader then, you know, and when I... When I mean look to you for answers, I mean like basically people look to take from you. That's unfortunate, right? We're in a cynical world. Like what, what's more likely? Someone's going to look to you to give them something or look to you to give you something? What's more likely? They're going to give you something or take from you? What's more likely? Well, that they're going to take from you. Okay. So as a leader, you got to be aware of that and be willing to give because this person needs you know, as a leader, you facilitate needs and you find answers. And that's what I'm being called upon to do, is to lead, to give of myself, to find answers, to build, uh, to build upon, rather than to just take and cut down and tear down and babble on. And, uh, well, babbling on is, uh, you know, something I'll never give up, I guess. But um, that's kind of what it is. I'm being called upon for those things in what I do, in my, in my performing, because um, no one's giving me anything, <laughs> that's for fucking sure, right, so, when no one gives you, you must, uh, well, there's all sorts of things you can do, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give, like Tony Robbins says, you know, one of the best things in life is when you're in a position to give back. And that's why I'm so excited as Tony Robbins. I've had a very fortunate life. I've been a fucking mentor. I've been a motivational speaker. I have a beautiful wife, 10 children, 32 companies. And I'm telling you, the thing in life that really, really makes that difference, it really is a happy thing in your life, is when you're able to give back. I want you guys to do an exercise with me, okay? Stand up. Now, what if I told you that you can only move your move your arm to the right as far as you can. All right? So now, now that you've moved your hand to the far right as far as you can, I want you to think in your mind, what if I can move my arm further? 
Okay, now shake it out. Now, try to move your arm to the right again. See? See how far your arm has moved? That's the power of positive thinking, ladies and gentlemen. And when you can give that and give back to your community... Uh, I'm just trying to be positive and give back to my community. That's all I'm saying. I love you, Tony Robbins. <clears throat> okay, so what else here? Um, and that's basically what I wanted to talk about. The pain of humility, knowing when to just clamp down, be yourself, be humble, be... Uh, you know, shelve, shelve your ego, shelf your self-importance, <clears throat> and be of service to others around you. Because sometimes when you have that insight, another way to look at it is you're, you're being stepped up. You're leveling up to a leadership position. You're leveling up to that matriarch, patriarch position where people come to you for answers because, I guess, you exhibit leadership qualities, right? You're People look at you with, you know, some sort of, Mommy, Daddy, tell me what to do. Or they, they got questions for you and shit. And hey, answer them. You know, whatever. I mean, it feels good to be a sheep. Unless you live in Scotland. But it feels good to be a sheep because you're being led. It feels good to be a child because you're being led. You just get you know, you get told what to do and you're in line and there's no worry and all you have to do is just have fun. Well, sometimes when you step out of that position of sheep or fucking child and you step into the roles of a real adult, you have to lead. Lead by example. And I guess that's what I'm learning. You know? Because, um, as I mentioned there, um, the ways in which you get ahead in life, or not ahead, but just the way in which you live life is you either got to do it for yourself or have it handed to you. And you can sit back and cry if it hasn't been handed to you, or you could step up and lead and get what you need, right? That rhymed. So, um, that's just what I've been dealing with, and uh, trying to have the humility an insight in that, because there's pain in it. My ego says, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you for asking me that. Fuck you for talking to me that way. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? The self-importance of Jonathan Ramtram. You know who I am? I'm this, I'm that, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm the blah, 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 blah. I could just be as ignorant and stupid as you. I can talk back. Let's <clears throat> see, I'm coughing. See, I'm coughing on the avarice. Is that the word? I'm coughing on the negativity. <clears throat> I don't want to be that. I don't want to fight back with people and answer their stupid negativity with stupid negativity. I don't want to go tit for tat. I want to be a leader. I want to have humility. You know what I mean? Because it ain't fun necessarily to be a leader. I mean, look at Jesus Christ, for God's sakes. It's Easter weekend. He tried to lead people. Look what happened to his poor ass. You know, crucified, made fun of all your long-haired hippie with your stupid goatee and your dumbass sandals and your fucking gown. You know, we're going to tack you up, nail your ass to the cross, crucify you, stick you in a shallow grave, <laughs> roll a boulder in front of you, forget about you. It ain't fun being a leader sometimes, right? Whether it's a comedy show, <laughs> whether it's a humanity in general, sometimes it's just not fun being a leader. And, uh, 
but that's the blessing is because um you know we all get to play matriarch patriarch in our lives if we have the opportunity right that's the blessing of i guess parenthood business owner uh getting involved with a movement you know staking your claim finding your voice and uh being a part of the game there's pain in it son the pain of humility thank you for listening it's your old chuckle buddy guess who jonathan james ramtran reporting live for duty on this magnificent april 20th in the year of our lord 2019 going forward our righteous mike hitting the stage every other thursday in toronto canada details on my website jonathan-ramtram.com forward slash shows at our righteous mike on facebook wherever you fucking heard this you can get some information on the show come see us we'd love to have you uh till next time you live it you love it you realize it you lead it ciao (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.